podcast rebellion we're back there again here in the second last studio legal gambling council week 12 coming to you hopefully all of this podcast isn't irrelevant by the time you hear it with game postponements and cancellations but nevertheless we are here to pick games for you to win some money i'm your host zach barry joining me as always austin gray our legal gambling council and then my co-host, Nicholas Carr, Benjamin Woodhouse. Gentlemen, welcome. How are we doing this evening? Not bad. What's up? Wow. Just another day in paradise, man. Yeah. To be honest, that is it. Yeah, I'm just uh, trying to uh, salvage some games for this weekend because it looks like uh, about half my board is gone. Yeah, we've had, uh, we've, we've had quite a bit of movement. Uh, this week with postponements, cancellations, um, with, uh, I guess, COVID protocols, folks having to go in quarantine, contact tracing, all that good stuff. It has been quite the blur, but Nick, we're throwing you the keys. We are going to do it anyway. We are going to hit week 12 right in the face, and we are going going to try to bounce back um, from a rough one. Ugh. The squad went three and seven, mm. still in the black, but uh, can't follow up a seven and four with a three and seven. That's not going to get it done. <laughs> so, without further ado, Nick, take it away and uh, let's get going. All right. So, I'm not going to get started on uh, the you know questionableness of this number, but we do know that Mississippi State is down to roughly. I don't know, 55, 56 players going into their game against Georgia. They're traveling on the road to UGA. Um, and the over-under here is the most shocking part of this. It's 44-and-a-half. So they think that pretty much all the points are coming from Georgia. The, the line is uh, anywhere from Georgia minus 24-and-a-half to more Georgia minus 25. Mm-mm-mm. Um. Uh, what better question? More players at the more uh, not higher number. More p- players at the end of the game or Georgia points. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, let me tease can I get in this right quick. I'm gonna go and lock this in Georgia. Um, <laughs> I, like this is we get it at 24 even at Circus Sports. That's right fine. Up. I don't care. Get you can give it to me at 30. It. State. Okay. Alternate line. No, I mean, you know, <laughs> no, no. but but this isn't close. And I, I hate to take. I know Zach typically goes first on these. I, this is just this is a absolute nightmare of a of a game for for Mississippi State in a in a time where you know they. I just can't. I mean, you talk about a team in disarray. I thought it was funny. I was. On Twitter, who tweeted that earlier today? There's like the 55 man rule was about COVID and not about having teams. Yancey. Yancey. Great tweet. Great tweet. Um, Anyway. You're acting like uh, unusual, Ben. What? Do what? I said, you're acting like great tweets are unusual from Yancey. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it it was a great tweet. And. You know, I don't think there's anybody. I don't. I don't even know how to say this. I think that that. Uh, um, I think Georgia wins by, like I said, thirty. I, I don't want to really add any more analysis because I don't want to jinx it before the egg bowl. 
Um, but I just don't see Mississippi State score many points for the rest of the year, uh, period. I mean, I, Ole Miss's defense is a cure for any ailment, but um, I don't, I don't, I'm not following this at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was going to say, Ben said I usually go first, but that's fine. I couldn't say it better myself. Play the points. Yeah. I mean, don't overthink this one. Yeah, the whole, you know, uh, earlier, uh, no, I'm not sure who said it, but they were talking about teams left in the SEC who want to still play football, and you can kind of look around the league and see. I definitely think Alabama, I somewhat think Florida def- still wants to play. I think Arkansas and I think Ole Miss still want to play. And I, an argument can be made for Georgia. Past that, I'm not sure who really wants to play in the SEC. There are a couple teams I know that don't want to play. South Carolina doesn't want to play. They have no interest. Mississippi State has no interest in playing. And LSU has no interest in playing. Uh, I'm probably going to take that. Yeah, Vanderbilt. Oh, well, they yeah. never had an interest in playing at all. <laughs> um, they don't have an interest most years. But this MSU team, 24 points. I mean, the only way it's not any more. You know, the only way it's not worse than like 30 is if Georgia just comes out and just kind of sits on the ball and wins like 27 to three. And I guess that would be a push. But uh, this game is not going to be close. I mean, I don't know that. What did they get? 196 yards against uh, Vanderbilt a couple weeks ago. You're looking at something like this. It could be less. This is the best defense they're going to face all season. I mean, if Georgia really, truly wanted to keep them under 100, I think they could do it. Yeah, I, I think it's valid to wonder whether State will have more scholarship players or total yards by the end of this game. <laughs> um yeah, so apparently they're down to 53 or 54, as Ben said. Some of that may be due to COVID, but it appears that most of it is due to just attrition and players not wanting to play for Mike Leach um, and quitting midseason. And I think that's what's happening, as uh, Nick said, all over the SEC and all over the country. So that's something to, look to I think, watch as you're uh, placing bets this weekend, trying to identify who's on the quit list and who's still interested in playing football. But um, and not really a contrarian take here, but I do wonder. I heard this mentioned on another pod, the Cover 3 pod earlier today. With JT Daniels starting for Georgia, is it a good look if Georgia rolls out there and scores, you know, drops 50 on state? And then Kirby has to answer questions about why they haven't played Daniels until this point in the season. I think probably not. But uh, again, I don't, I don't think that stops them from rolling up points. And I, the question for me is really, can Georgia score 26 points? Because I don't think State's going to score. I mean, I think Georgia pitches a shutout here. Uh, the answer for me is that's an obvious yes. I think Georgia rolls. Uh, I don't think it's ever competitive. And I, again, I'm skeptical that the game even gets played because I think between now and Saturday, we may see a couple more guys drop for state. So um, if it's played, Georgia rolls by as many as they want. Yeah, I, I think that that under might be a good play there because I don't know that. I mean, it's just not a ton of like 45 to nothing wins, <laughs> yeah. that, especially that don't involve like Vanderbilt. But this could be – I would – I'd be inclined to do the over because this could be like a 38-10 game. Sure. Yeah. No, you're right. It's like, it's is, like, yeah, like maybe Will Rogers like gets a garbage touchdown when Georgia has, you know, right. You know, I don't know. Kirby smarts nephew out there playing safety or something. <laughs> Have y'all ever seen the team that 
looked like they wanted to play football less than this this MSU team. And and conversely, I mean, Pickering. I mean, Pickering opted out as a sophomore. He's just going to come back to the team next year. He's in the two deep. Know. Yeah, and any other any other season, you would call a guy quote opting out, and we you know before their eighth game of the year, you call that quitting. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that these guys are not worried about COVID. I'm sure that they are. But I just think that you were, if you were worried about it today, you're probably worried about it eight weeks ago. And it just, this is Look, an odd. It, I've just never it, seen a team it, like that. At this, this point, with this program, it's indicative of what things are right now. Yeah. The, lo- the locker room temperature, that shit is through the roof right now. Because <clears throat> I'll say this I, I did talk to somebody that's close to the MSU program, and Marcus Murphy opted out because his son has a, a rare blood disorder. That right there, okay, that's a legitimate reason. Now, sure, late in the season, one might say he's also quitting, but if he's it, – look, it's it's right after Halloween when all these spikes are happening. If he's wanting to opt out because he's wanting to be cautious, I'm fine with that because that's his son and he's thinking safety first. But, you know, who knows, man? Pickering might just be, I'm tired of this shit and I just don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Look, guys, we usually use quitting as shorthand or a euphemism for not playing hard. In this case, we're saying, no, literally quitting. They're literally having players quit the team. It's not that they're not playing hard. They're not showing up. They don't want to put on pads anymore. Yeah, I, I, I've never seen anything like it. All right, we're talking teams it's, that are quitting. Let's, let's go well, on to was, this one. I was going to say, this is – Starkville right now is the epitome of uh, – as uh, our friends at No Lang Up so eloquently put it, it's a tough scene. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's, let's stay on that same theme. LSU, I believe I saw it's the largest difference in spread year over year. It's a 43-point difference. Uh, the, the line opened at Arkansas minus two. It's, it's since been bet up to LSU minus one and a half. Actually, LSU minus two without the juice. So LSU minus two at Arkansas, and I'm close to locking this one up. Arkansas is winning this game. If you're giving me two points, oh, I mean, this LSU team, we talk, we talk about teams that have quit. They, they've quit. And and the, the news that's come out of Baton Rouge this week and maybe possibly someone starting to give a shit about them doing extremely immoral things for like a decade now. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I, maybe it's just us. But, yeah, this this is going to be one that I think Arkansas wins. If you if you don't like it, then I will. So, do you want it? For Arkansas? Yeah. Nah, take it away. Go ahead. All right, I'll, I'll lock in Arkansas plus two. I, I'm not – I don't hate that. Arkansas. Uh, they're, Man, I, I mean, they've not been bad all year. They kind of – they just they just consistently deliver. They're going to be ready to beat LSU. I, I think I said this last year, maybe the show before. Arkansas is a team that's not going to – I mean, they just got outmanned at Florida, but they're not a team that's going to have a letdown week. Like that's not what teams who are reeling do. Like, or or on a season or playing a year coming off of four or five years of reeling. Think 2008 Ole Miss. Like we go back to that, even though that team's way more talented uh, than this Arkansas yeah. team, huh? Do what? Y'all there? I just I, I don't know I uh, yeah my thing is look they they caught that work last weekend and Florida's a top ten team but they gave up sixty three points. I like let's 
<clears throat> no, they're not. They're not. But I think this is a game where it's just a straight up talent. It's it's just a talent deficiency on Arkansas's side of the field. I, I think. Look, they're they're not bad. Like I agree with what you said, Ben. They haven't in a game that they can compete. They haven't really gotten blown out. I mean, they lost a weird one to Auburn. Lost to Georgia. I mean, they lost by 27. That's kind of getting blown out. You got blown out against Florida. This game, it's almost like it's begging you to take Arkansas. And I just think that maybe this is a game where LSU's defense, they have a ton of athletes. They got players over there. They kind of overwhelm Arkansas and Felipe Franks a little. Turn him over. Maybe he makes a couple bad throws. I'm not saying LSU's going to blow him out. I just think that LSU wins this game, and it's only two. You only, I mean, it, the spread's only two. I'm, I'm, I'm laying the points here. I think LSU probably wins by a score, maybe, maybe let you know, maybe you know, a twenty-four twenty or a thirty-four to thirty. You know, who knows what type of game it is? I just think LSU's going to have better players. I, I just the the term I keep using is Arkansas is just not there yet. I can't think of a coach in the country I'd rather have less than Ed Orgeron in the situation in which they currently find themselves, which is um, in a PR nightmare where they appear to be legitimate um, questions about their handling of sexual assault claims and Title IX issues. I, 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 do you trust him to to rally the troops in a productive way? In other words, rather than just yelling and, and, and throwing shit? I, I don't at all. So – um, I think the outside noise is going to encroach on that LSU locker room. And they were already bad on the football field. I think this just adds another layer to it. Um, as Ben said, you're going to get, I think, peak effort from Arkansas week in and week out. I mean, they're already playing with house money. Um, they finally took their medicine last week to Florida um, and got the ass whipping that's been coming all season. But I, I don't. I don't think they're going to be hung over from that at all. There was speculation earlier this week that Franks had an injury, uh, which might keep him out of the game on Saturday that I think he actually practiced today. So that appears to be, he appears to be okay, but I I assume there was some smoke there. He he must be dinged up uh, somehow. Um, Look, when, when LSU went to Auburn, what feels like six months ago, that true freshman quarterback of theirs got exposed. Now, Auburn's defense is certainly more talented than Arkansas's defense, but I don't know that Arkansas, or, or rather Auburn, has a better coordinator than Arkansas. I think Odom is better than Steele. So I, I think Odom is going to limit what, our, what LSU does offensively. The question for me is, can Franks uh, score on that LSU defense? I, I trust Kendall Browse to find a way to put some points on the board. I, the spread is is tight. I, I do lean Arkansas heavy there, so I, I'm not going to push back on Ben at all. But I think the total for me is more intriguing. It was at 66 earlier today. I don't know where it is now, 63 or so, maybe 64. There's no way this game gets in the 60s. Um, I may circle back to lock in the under. I, I think it's a grinder. I think it's um, a game that Arkansas dic- dictates the pace in. As long as they don't turn the ball over, I think they went outright. Yeah, I, Nick, are you going to keep me on this island by myself? Uh, absolutely. I, there's nothing I like about LSU in this game. I mean, I yeah, they're more talented, but I mean, Arkansas has been more been lesser talented than pretty much every team they played thus far this season. And you know, Austin mentioned you know the Auburn defense is better than what 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 Auburn excuse me what LSU has 
but I'm not so sure that they're a ton better than what Arkansas has. I mean, they're more talented. I don't know how much better they are. I, I, there's nothing I like about LSU. I think they've had one or two more opt-outs since the last game they've played. Uh, Zach, you're out here by yourself, by your lonesome. Okay. Now, and look, this might be a cop-out, but if Arkansas were to win, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, now tell me what the score is, and I'll tell you if I'm surprised or not. But I think this is a tight one, and I think that this is you know kind of one of those games where a one-on-one matchup is won by an LSU player. Um, I, hey, look, I'm also interested to see what, what T.J. Finley's got. He looked pretty good in his first game as a starter when Miles Burden went down. And then he reverted back to looking like a freshman. Um, I, I'm interested to see. He's He brings a different dimension to the game. Uh, now, Odom had quite the game plan for, for Matt Corral, who's playing as good as anybody's playing quarterback right now in the country. But, uh, yeah, I just, I'm interested to see what, what, what this game has in store for us. And it's 11 a.m., so, is you know, it could be sleepy for either team. Now, I, I just, I don't know. I lean Jimmy's and Joe's a lot in the SEC. Um, yeah, I just kind of think that this one might go LSU's way just from a individual performance from someone. Yeah. All right. Talk, talk about Jimmy's and Joe's. This is the ultimate Jimmy's and Joe's. Alabama hosts Kentucky. The over-under is uh, anywhere from 30 to 30 and a half. Excuse me, the line is anywhere from 30 to 30 and a half. That over-under is 58. Uh, 58 and a half, actually. And I'm, before anyone else can say anything, I'm locking it in. Uh, Bama's not going to score 58 themselves. Kentucky's not going to score much at all. So uh, this is a game Alabama's going to win handily. But I don't know what anyone has watched this Kentucky offense. Maybe they, they watched them against Vanderbilt and thought they could move the ball a little bit because they, they kind of did against the doors. But they're not going to, they're not going to do much at all against Alabama. And I don't think that Bama has any reason to run up the score on Kentucky. Alabama understands that if they run the table during the college football playoff, they don't need to impress anybody. They're almost certainly going to be the number one seed, assuming they do it because they'll have just beaten Florida the week before. I don't think that there's any incentive to come out and, and score 52 or 55 or 57 points. And I don't think Kentucky gets to 10. I think Alabama's going to keep it in the 40s. Kentucky's going to keep it in the single digits. I'm going to lock in under 58 and a half. I, I went back and forth on this one, and I, I'll, I'll be honest, I struggled with what I wanted to do here. Um, I'm going to lay the points. I just don't know what on earth Kentucky can do to score, and I feel like this is a game. So I, here, here's where I went back and forth, and you guys might, might laugh in agreement with me because I think this is something that could happen. This could be the game where Alabama, you know, quote unquote, limps to a 24 point win and Saban just absolutely just whips their ass in practice next week. Just, just kind of a mental, you know, you guys aren't good enough, kind of beat down, like y'all, y'all are a playoff team, blah, blah, blah. I was thinking, like, man, it could be that. It could be one of those games where, you know, not intentionally not score a bunch or not win by a lot. But you know Saban has those games where they don't really send a message and just beat a team like they should, and then he kind of uses it as motivation. I don't think that's – I don't think it's going to matter. I think Mac Jones and that offense is going to be able to do whatever they want. And I think I told you all earlier in the week, I feel like this is just a game where Alabama's defense kind of 
shifts it into that next gear and starts getting into playoff mode where a lot of those guys hadn't played a ton. They didn't have a lot of experience and they looked really bad. I mean, Ole Miss just absolutely ran up and down the field on them. And I think now as we are, what, seven games into the season, this is where they start to really click and and start making plays. And talking about Jimmy's and Joe's, they got plenty of them. So I'm laying the points. I think Bama wins big here just because Kentucky's not going to be able to keep up. Yeah, real real quick. Well, I I was going to say real quick before Austin goes, in the game now obviously Kentucky and Ole Miss played a high-scoring game in 83 and then their game last week was at 73 against Vanderbilt. Other than that, their total points are 42, 26, 41, 30. And then against Georgia, Austin, you mentioned it a couple weeks ago, and they, they punted to win there at the end of the game. <laughs> they just ran the clock out on themselves. 17 points total in that game. Mm. I don't think that Alabama is only going to score 17 points in this game. But I think that we could be sitting there with Kentucky just about punting on third down in the third quarter. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, look, Kentucky hasn't gone over 300 yards of offense in four of their last five games. The only <laughs> the only game where they went above 300 was against Vandy. So that really doesn't even count. I mean um, – now, what would concern me a little bit is Bama's low on offense this year is 38 points. Um, the only team, though, that Kentucky has allowed over that number this year were your Ole Miss Rebels at 42. So um, I think Nick is right. I don't think that, that Saban will be motivated to run it up at all. I think Kentucky's style of play lends itself to, you know, a, a cover probably, but no threat to ever win the game. I think Nick is dead on with the under. Um, and the other thing here is, y'all know it's next week, right? It, it's the Iron Bowl. So um, Saban and company have to have, have to have at least an eye out on next week. I know he's the best in the business at getting his guys focused week in and week out, but um, they have bigger fish to fry next week. I think this is a business trip for Bama. Um, they get in and out. It's you know if you want to if you want to bet the spread, I say this. I think every week with Bama, the first half number is probably the number to go with. I think it's under eighteen right now. You're probably looking at a 21-24-0 first half, and then they sort of throw it in neutral and coast to a comfortable win that stays under that fifty-eight. Yeah, I, I have I have nothing to add to this game. This this is not one where I think that that the better should play as far as the spread. I like the under 58 probably the most. Um, I do think that Alabama gets into the 40s um, simply because Ole Miss did. Um, I do th- – and just by sheer out-talenting Kentucky. The The question is if, if Bama gets to, let's say, 42 – or 45, does Kentucky get to 17? Because this isn't the same Alabama defense of 10 years ago. Uh, I don't know that Kentucky can. I'll take the points, but I'm not locking it in. Complete stay away. I think this is either a 35-point Alabama win or a 28-point Alabama win, and I'm not comfortable to go either direction. Yeah. All right. So – let, give us one sentence, no more than one sentence, please, <laughs> on Florida traveling to Vanderbilt. I noticed that uh, I think Florida's won 28 of the last 29 in this series, and, and 
Vanderbilt has not won in Nashville since 1988. Uh, Zach, you think it's going to end this weekend? Uh, no. Uh, my, my one sentence is this game should not even be played, comma, lay the points, period. Is it, is it my turn? Yeah, give us one sentence, man. No more than, please. Pain. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, my sentence is, is Vanderbilt should have gotten COVID again. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> Mine is I wish Jefferson Pilot was still around so that they could show this game. But in fairness to them, they kept it in, in that same vein. It is a noon kick or 11 exactly. a.m. kick. 11 a.m. beat down at Vanderbilt. Three o'clock. Yeah, this is a very. Uh, Man, the three Daves, wow. they they have. I mean, it would be perfect for them calling this murder of Vandy at 11 a.m. All right, better question more students in attendance or Florida points? Is it finals week at Vandy? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't really matter, but I think it is. You mean, or Vandy points? They don't. Does Vandy allow anybody in the stadium? <laughs> they, I think they just allow students. That's why I'm that. that and then they'll they'll probably be twelve, fifteen of them. No. <laughs> oh man, probably I can't. Twelve I can't or fifteen of them at Nukes across the street. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't think about this game any longer. All right. Uh, Tennessee travels to Auburn. Uh, this could be a sneaky good game. This kind of seems like a big spread, honestly, for an Auburn team. It's not great. Uh, Auburn is a, an eleven and a half, or anywhere from ten and a half to eleven and a half point favorite. And over-unders uh, right at 15 and a half. No, nah, this one's going to get ugly. I got Auburn big. Really? Mm-hmm. What's the... Tennessee's what's going the off the rails. Line is uh, anywhere from 10 and a half to 11 and a half. It's a 6 o'clock kick as well. Oh, gosh. Um, Just seems like a big number for an Auburn team that I don't think is very good. That's what I'm saying. Like... Tennessee, I agree with Zach. They are – they're dead in the water. But Auburn low-key is not good. Um, even here's, though they did blow out LSU. Uh, here's, my, here's my only thing to combat that, Ben. At least Auburn knows who their quarterback is. Like, I don't oh, know yeah, who I'm, Tennessee's I'm playing. I'm not calling you wrong. I, no, yeah, I, I know. I just, I just feel like Tennessee's at, at the point where they're about to just explode in a bad way. Could could for for certain. I'm gonna go against my logic and with Zach's here, and I'll I'll lay the points. No analysis because I don't have any really. I mean, this is a. This, I, I I hate to say this, but this is another game that I just completely stay away. Now I'm sure Zach or Nick or I mean Austin and Nick will have some kind of like you know scientific theory as to why Auburn's gonna beat Tennessee by you know six points or Tennessee wins the game straight up. I just I don't see that, but. Um, either way. Awesome. Before you go, let me ask my kind of, you know, if you would touch on this, what about the over under 50 and a half? I don't, Tennessee's offense is bad. It seems like they might stay under. Yeah. I think the, the, the biggest unknown is what Zach mentioned. Who is Tennessee going to play at quarterback this week? I mean, on the one hand you have Guarantano, which we is a known commodity and we know that he sucks. On the other hand, you know, are you really going to trot out a true freshman in Harrison Bailey? on the road against a Kevin Steele defense that, you know, shut down a true freshman just a, a couple games back. Um, Tennessee is already limited in the passing game. Their receivers aren't great as it is. Uh, so 
the only way Tennessee wins the game is if they they uh, slow it down, you know, stretch possessions out, grind it out using that uh, offensive line they've got. Don't turn the ball over and hope that the defense can maybe get a couple of turnovers on their side. I, I think under – yeah, I, there's no way you could go over. I mean, if you're going to bet the total, you have to go under. Um, the number – that the spread feels sharp. If they do run out the true freshman – you know, I can see Auburn having a day, much like they did against LSU. Um, but I don't know. It's a funky game. I, you, you talk about who's quit and who hasn't. I mean, I, I don't – Auburn's got Bama on deck, but that's really the only thing they have left to pay, play for. And Tennessee has nothing to play for except for the future. So um, who knows, man. I, it's, a, it's a stay away, but if you're betting it, under would be the play. Auburn's a weird team in that they've got four games left. They've got Tennessee at Alabama – Texas A&M and Mississippi State, uh, whereas Tennessee – and Tennessee's got four as well, I guess. they got Florida, Vanderbilt, and Texas A&M. So it's, it's strange to me that there's just so many games remaining for these teams. But I don't I don't know, man. I, I just was looking at Tennessee's numbers while y'all were talking, and that offense is, is bad. I do think I, I wouldn't want to touch Auburn unless that number got below 10. If you gave me nine and a half, I'd probably go ahead and take Auburn. But it, 10 seems like such a good number to take. Because I think you could see Auburn kind of wear them down, maybe be up seven, kick a field goal, maybe even score a touchdown late to, to kind of put it away. But <clears throat> I don't think that Tennessee can can really score on them. I mean, that Auburn defense is, is not maybe the, quote, Auburn defense of old, but still a top 15 defense as, as far as I understand. So it's still a pretty good defense. And that Tennessee offense is pretty bad. So if I'm taking someone – I'm probably going to try and get the best number I can with Auburn, but I don't feel good about it. That that over-under looks a lot better. Um, <clears throat> all right, Zach, we don't have an Ole Miss game, so I guess we'll head into break. All right, real quick, uh, hang tight. Word from the sponsors to uh, make this show possible. And uh, when we get back on the other side, we'll pick more games and give you some more locks. So hang tight. We will be right back. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments Part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Hours in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue, across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials, 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. 
It's a quick little eight-minute drive south of Oxford on Old Taylor Road, and it's the only spot in the Magnolia State for a true grain-to-glass gin experience. The space is fantastic. Chan and the rest of the guys there are doing some fantastic stuff. Uh, go there, get a tour, do a tasting, or you could do both. Inquire about maybe renting it out for a private event, maybe a anniversary, a wedding reception, a rehearsal dinner, something. The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you can go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both. And be sure to check out their rooftop bar, which is super awesome. has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honey Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station bourbon, a very small batch High Rye Bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high-rye bourbons. So you could do that or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend. And then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say, ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic. And, as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive, and inquire about financing all online. If you want to do it a little old school, maybe uh, conversate via telephone, you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new Ford today. Podcast Rebellion, Legal Gambling Council, Week 12. All right, Nicholas, we can go knock out some more of these big uh, national games, and then we'll jump straight into uh, giving our locks and uh, head on home. So give us that first big national game. Uh, all right, big national game, Michigan Rutgers. I, that, no, uh, <laughs> I mean, I hate, I hate to do this because the line's kind of big, but what do you guys think about – Indiana at Ohio State. The line's all the way up at 20 and a half. Um, or you can actually get it at 19 and a half, I guess, if you wanted to lay it. But 66 and a half also seems a little high. I mean, that Ohio State defense is probably going to be out to, to, to prove something this weekend, right? I'm going to I'm gonna go with Indiana here. Right. Oh. Might as well ride the Ooh. hot hand. Whoa. Indiana, what to cover or to win? Oh yeah, yeah, not to win. No. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're gonna get Indiana at twenty and a half. Yeah, give me Indiana plus. I can't get them at twenty one. You are you locking it in? I mean, I'm considering it. 
It's, it's just like Arkansas. At some point, you just got to say somebody is what they are. I can't, I can't get you 21. I'm sorry. Well, I know that's a I big can't number. I can't lock it in then. So, well, um, yeah, 20 and a half. Give me the Hoosiers. Look, I like Ohio State. I, I especially like Ohio State, you know, to cover big lines. It, they seem like the lock of the – that's just like the biggest lock you can get when you get Ohio State laying 20 or more. But Indiana's been good this year. Tom Allen's had a good team. They, uh, you know, last week I think Austin said, or maybe the week before, Indiana was clearly not better than Penn State, and they weren't. I mean, they were, they clearly were not better than Penn State. They were less talented, and then they're less talented than most everybody they play. But they win, and so or you know, good teams win, great teams cover. Indiana's going to cover. I mean, it's only fitting that in the year twenty twenty. We are saying that Indiana is going to cover against Ohio State. And, I mean, y'all might as well take screenshots of this shit because we are looking at number nine, Indiana, playing number three, Ohio State. It's wild. <laughs> um, the worst part is game day is not even there. Where are they? Uh, Bedlam. Oh, fuck off. Why? I know. That's so dumb. Do y'all know the overall uh, yeah. Bedlam record? That's yeah, it's not even say. a rivalry. It's not a real rivalry. And I, we were probably going to get to this later because I may be locking one in there. But it's not even a real rivalry. It's so that, that, that game's next, by the way, if you want to go ahead and lock it in. And we'll, we'll just we'll throw well, it in with this one. So Oklahoma State at Oklahoma minus seven. Well, hold on. Let, let, let's, stay, let's stay with Ohio State for a second, though, because I think it's worth noting that this may be their only opportunity to get a quality win this year, Ohio State. Look at the rest yeah. of their schedule. Who's left? Michigan. They're damn sure not a quality win. Uh, Illinois. There's nobody left. Like, this is it for them. If they want to make a statement to be in the playoff with a shortened, you know, condensed season, I know they didn't have many opportunities, and it's not necessarily their fault, but it is what it is. The only shot they've got to put up a big number on a ranked team, a top 10 team, is to blow Indiana out. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to happen, obviously. But as Ben said, you know, I, I I was on Indiana against Penn State in week one, so I cashed there and was happy to see them win that game. But they were not better than Penn State. And last week even, I, so I was against Indiana, against Michigan State. They did Indiana started on the 50-yard line or better, I think, on every drive in the first half. Like, they, they keep getting pretty lucky. They keep finding ways to win. And, again, credit to them. The record is what it is. Has been said at some point, you just have to say you are what your record says you are. But this is a serious step up in class with uh, Ohio State, who will have all the motivation in the world to pile up points. Um, this is their only opportunity for a resume win. I think they're going to put up a big number. I'm not sure that Indiana can keep up with them. You know, now that you now that you mentioned that, Austin, I'm just going to go ahead and lay the points. What's, it in? what's the line at? Did you say 21? Get 20 and a half. And yeah. a half. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to – I'm not locking it in, but I'm just laying the points. I think that that's something – and this is – is it's going to be one of those games where Indiana is just going to run into a buzzsaw, but they're still a really good team. This isn't going to be, oh, well, Indiana wasn't for real. Like, we knew it. It was a fluke. Like, no, Ohio State's just really damn good. Justin Fields is really damn good. They're going to have too many weapons, too much speed. I think this is a game where Michael Penix gets a little overwhelmed. Um, I think that they're going to do enough to kind of cloud his judgment. He'll probably make a couple bad throws, maybe an ill-advised pick somewhere, give Ohio State a couple short fields. Um, 
no pun intended there. I yeah, I I'm gonna I was leaning towards Indiana covering. Feel good story of the year, but no, I'm I'm laying them. Yeah, let me go ahead and lock this one in. Um Ohio State minus twenty and a half. Or I can get actually get it at twenty. So oh. I'm gonna do that. Oh I'm gonna I'm gonna grab it at twenty. I just don't think there you go. this actually I get it at nineteen and a half. You kidding me? Um this Ohio State offense is really good. I mean, they're S P plus has got them at second. The de- they've got the defense at seven. I don't think that Indiana's gonna keep be able to keep up offensively at all. That the un- honestly the under sixty six and a half seems like just as good of a play because I think this game is gonna be played um by Ohio State in the in the low to mid forties. I think it's gonna be played by Indiana in, in the high teens. So I don't think it's gonna get the over, but I also think that, that Ohio State's just gonna come out and suffocate them. Austin, you touched on it. I mean, this is this is our only you know opportunity to impress in the regular season. You know, before that that one game kind of bowl or you know Big Ten playoff, I guess. But Ohio the, the real a lot better. The real bummer here is that they're both in the East, so yeah, yeah. they but won't get Zach, a rematch. You, you talk about Jimmy's and Joes. I mean, this is this is the ultimate Jimmy's and Joes. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Penix Penix Junior is a good quarterback. Yeah, he was, he was a four star. He was, but how many other players? Oh, I'd love well, to see I, the blue chip comparison in this game. Oh, it's it's probably like <laughs> seventy-seven to seven, or seventy-seven to three, or something. I mean, the it, same as Florida Vandy. Yeah, it's, it's got to yeah, be the largest top in the top ten in a top ten matchup probably in years. You know, and it featuring I, two teams in yeah. the top ten. This will be. This will be. I'll say this. This will probably be Indiana's only loss of the year. I, I think that's that's fair. Hey, let's see. Take a look at. Indiana finishes with Maryland. That should be a win. They finish at Wisconsin. Oh, so, I mean, okay. that's, that's yeah. another game. And Could then be. Purdue. But, but, I mean, hey, if they beat Wisconsin, then, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, that's not a game that they couldn't win. But I don't – this is a game they can't win. That That's a game, uh, Indiana, when they go to Wisconsin, that they could kind of maybe match up because they're not going to be too inferior athletically. They're not – Ohio State's not going to mess around this weekend. They don't have the opportunity, you know, the chance to – and if I if Ohio State wins this weekend, they're pretty much in the college football playoff. I mean, barring disaster over, I guess Wisconsin probably at the end of the year, they, their season's pretty much set in stone for them. So this is the last true test they've got, and they can kind of cruise for a month. Yeah. All right, you want to get to Bedlam? Yeah. What was that? I said it was seven and seven and a half. I believe were the numbers. Yeah, I want to lock in the seven with Oklahoma. Um, It's a golden rule game, first of all. So Oklahoma is the lower-ranked team, and they're a fave at home. Um, They had a bye week. I think maybe they've even had two bye weeks. I don't know, maybe a COVID week there. But um, Oklahoma State has been relatively impressive this year, but it's not – they're not winning in the way that Oklahoma State usually wins. They're playing defense. They're winning low-scoring affairs. I just don't think that they can stop Oklahoma's offense. Um, Oklahoma at home scores uh, like crazy. They have for years that will continue. I know that um, they've already stumbled a couple times this season, but unlike a lot of teams whose seasons would be over or who have uh, would have players quitting, you know, I think because they have the young quarterback and because they feel like they're building for the future, I think Oklahoma is still bought in. They're, to me, there haven't been any signs of quit there. Um, 
In fact, they've rolled up teams, you know, in the last three weeks. So 33-14 over TCU, 62-28 over Texas Tech, and then, of course, 62-9 over Kansas. So they appear to be still uh, putting out max effort. Um, I just think Oklahoma State's in over its head. And as we alluded to, this game gets a lot of hype and pub. I think it's because they have a cool rivalry name. Like, it's a cool name for the rivalry, Bedlam. That's a cool name. But what's the series record, Nick? What is it? I, th- I think it's like 88 to 19. Yeah, I thought it was even more lopsided than that. But it's completely one-sided in Oklahoma's favor. And the reason for that is Oklahoma usually just has better players, like significantly better players. And they do again this year. So I think Oklahoma, again, puts up a big number. And usually Oklahoma State's offense would be capable of keeping pace or or staying within you know a touchdown or, or 10. I, that's just not true this year. Th- there's no way this game can be played in the 20s. Um, so I think Oklahoma State, I'm sorry, Oklahoma gets in the 40s. Oklahoma State probably is not getting into the 30s. So I think Sooners by double digits, I'll gladly lay the seven. The overall series is 89, 18, and seven. Mm, 89, and So five in a row for Oklahoma. Uh, could potentially be eight in a row. Oklahoma State won an overtime in 2014 to break that up. So it could have been eight in a row. And then outside of a win in 2011, a big blowout win for the number three ranked Cowboys, it would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 in a row. <laughs> so, so three times this, this century. Yeah. So the Cowboys, probably one of their best teams ever wins in a blowout in 2011 and then they win in overtime in 2014 so yeah this 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 bedlam series is not it's not really a rivalry um yeah i mean i i I like oklahoma here um oklahoma state's got a really good defense but i think uh with the bye week built in covid week whatever you want to call it um i think spencer rattler and uh And Lincoln Riley are going to have something for Mike Gundy, and uh, yeah, I, I like the uh, I like the Sooners here. Um, honestly, I kind of want to go under. I think that that's something that that I would throw out there if you're wanting to pick this game. Um, Oklahoma State's defense being good gives me a slight pause for the minus seven, but I think the under, like I think this will be like something like a thirty to like a 30 to 24 game, 30 to 22 game, something like that. Like I think Oklahoma pulls away late and possibly covers, but I would probably go under the number I'm seeing is 59 and a half. So yeah, I like the Sooners to win their six in a row in this one. All right, Zach, do you have a, uh, a lock for us? I think you're the only one without one. I'm going to answer a question with a question. Is UCLA Oregon happening? Do you know? I think so. Let me check. Yeah, because they're wearing they're wearing the Ohana uniforms, aren't they? they I haven't seen it those. canceled yet. Okay, uh, doesn't look like it. Uh, yeah, kickoff at twelve thirty. It's been two. Yeah, lock it in. Oregon minus thirteen and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that one. Jerseys look good, play good. UCLA is absolutely terrible. I, when's the last time they were relevant? You can talk about being nationally relevant. I don't know the last time the Bruins were 
anywhere close to that. Chip Kelly's just there cashing a check. I mean, we, we talk about Jimbo looking at that direct deposit every two weeks, but man, Chip is just chilling in Westwood. He ain't doing a damn thing. So yeah, Duck's big here. They got to get a lot of style points because Pac-12 is wanting to get into the college football playoff. Oregon's their shot. They got to put up some style points in every game. So I like them. Tyler Shutt, I like him, quarterback. Um, uh, the the running back, one of the Die brothers is there. He wore gloves last week. He usually goes no gloves. Um, he's a good back. Uh, Verdell's a really good running back. And it seems like Cristobal has figured out a way to clone uh, offensive linemen there because they're all just massive every year. So I like the Ducks here big. Lay the points, 13 and a half. All of them. Awesome. I love that pick. Great pick. Um, yeah, let's go to uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, <laughs> Hugh Freeze is in, is in uh, audition season, job resume, or I'm sorry, job interview season. So um, NC State is uh, not very good on defense anyway. Their offense is certainly capable. I want to go over. Do we have a flat 66, Nick, or is there still a hook on that? Let's see what we can get for you here. I'm seeing now I've got 66 and a half and 67. All right, let's go over 66 and a half, Liberty, North Carolina State. Again, I, I trust Freeze to put up points. They're going to put up points. Liberty's defense is not great. NC State's offense is uh, coming alive a little bit. Now that they've made the quarterback adjustment, um, I think this game is played in the 30s, easily played in the 30s. And uh, I also think, by the way, that NC State wins and covers, but I'm not going to lock that. Mm. What a segue there from us there, completely unintentional to my knowledge, that we went from Oregon to Liberty when before we hit record, we were talking about Ugo Amadi, who was committed to Ole Miss, and Hugh Freeze – uh, told him that he could not come to campus early when uh, he graduated and signed early. Um, Hugh Freeze told him he couldn't come. Hugo Amadi eventually decommitted, went to Oregon. The rest is history. Nick, I think you said he played 50 games at Oregon? 51 games in four years. I think he played in every single game. Okay. Where does Hugo Amadi play now? He play, I, plays in the NFL, I believe. Okay. Turn which away is, players. Which is, again, why you should take overs against Hugh Freeze defenses. Yes, correct, because <laughs> he's an idiot. Um, yeah, this is also – I like the total play here because it could get a little squirrely because uh, I don't know if uh, – Hugh has performed well on big stages at times, but I feel like now he might be in a little bit – might be a little bit of reading his own press clippings uh, territory with uh, people thinking he's going to get that South Carolina job. Um, now, I don't really know if South Carolina is going to hand him the job. Usually Hugh Freeze does does well when things are handed to him. Um, so something to think about. Good, good pick, though. NC State sucks. I think I've got my third lock I, I need to give. Currently, I've got – what? Who, who did I even go with this week? Georgia minus 24 and Arkansas plus two and a half. All right. So, 
we're gonna get real weird on this last one. Yeah. Um, uh, Saturday it. at three o'clock. Do it. The University of North Alabama. <laughs> oh my gosh! Plays BYU, <laughs> and the line is it opened at forty-seven and a half, and it is still forty-seven and a half. And BYU is going to beat them <laughs> by sixty. Yeah, lay the points. Probably, probably my big play of the week. Like it. Look, I watched UNA against Southern Miss, and and UNA looks like they have Division two football players. BYU genuinely thinks their quarterback's the Heisman Trophy winner. They're not going to let this game be close. Matter of fact, this is a stat game. If Ole Miss played the University of North Alabama, Matt Corral would throw for 700 yards. BYU's so, trying to get into the playoff, too. I mean, they've got yeah, all the motivation in the world to, to roll one up. Yeah, and and I get it. You could win, you could win forty two to nothing, and nobody bat an eye at it. They're not. They're going to run into scoring forty nine. And I I don't know how I don't know how UNA scores on BYU. Just just seeing them play football. I mean BYU beats teams forty nine points that have been playing Division one football for fifty years this year. So you know I I can't I can't let that one pass up. So give me BYU. The total is fifty eight and a half. Which I think the over hits there because frankly, you're you're basically saying that BYU is going to win fifty two to nothing if you're going for them to cover because fifty two to seven would not be a cover and it would hit the over. So um, I'm, I'm gonna lay the points just for fun. Do you want to hear what Bill C's projected score is for this game? Oh, it's going to be like fifty eight to two point one. It's, it's fifty six to four. <laughs> that was pretty close. <laughs> so somehow North Alabama's going to get the Mormon Menzel. There's two safeties. Two yeah. safeties. Um, so, all right. So Ben's done. He's got his on the board. Uh, Nick, we'll go to you next. See what you got for us. All right. I was getting a little worried about this when Zach was talking about going to weird places. Um, this seemed like a weird enough place. I'm going to head up to uh, to Evanston, Illinois. Uh-oh. I'm going to go ahead and grab. I don't understand what this line is doing. I think people are still enamored with, with Northwestern's kind of opening game blitz uh, to, to start the season when they kind of came out and whipped up on Maryland. Uh, then they went on the road to, to Iowa and won that game. They beat Nebraska. They beat Purdue. They're 4-0. They haven't broken 27 points since week one. That's not a lot of points in college football. I'm sorry, this is not the NFL. You don't win games 21 to 13 very often. They're going to need more points against Wisconsin to, to win this game this weekend. I think the, the over-under is only at maybe 40, let's see, it's at 44 and a half or 43 and a half. I also think this, this game is probably going to be played over because I think Wisconsin's offense is too good. Graham Mertz is back. Uh, Wisconsin is sort of looking like a team that could maybe challenge Ohio State for the college football playoff. And if not, they're still looking like the second-best team in the Big Ten. And I think that people are overvaluing Northwestern just based on, on how they played in week one. I don't. I think this game is going to be sort of close. I do not think it's going to be within a touchdown. And if I can get it at an even seven, then I'm going to go ahead and grab Northwest, uh, excuse me, Wisconsin minus seven. Mm. 
Can't we can't talk about Evanston Northwestern without me giving a shout out to Benison's, uh, one of the best bakeries around. Put some respect on their name. Benison's shout out, Bakery. Shout out to Maya, stuffing the cannolis. Miss y'all. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, you know what? Let's just fucking do it. Let's just do it. We are heading to, I can find it here, on the sheet. We are going to Tallahassee for this one. (laughs) And we are going to lay the 35 that the Clemson Tigers are going to put on the Seminoles. Um, That huge expose that came out today, uh, today, Thursday, as we were recording this, Friday as you're listening, uh, on Florida State and just kind of how that program is just in complete disarray and it's just falling apart, bursting at the seams, all the lovely metaphors about failure. Um, it's it's going to take a while if, if they're going to let Mike, Mike Norvell hang around and try to get this thing turned around in the right direction. It's going to take a good three, four years before they can really see uh, an ROI because it's just bad. They don't know who their quarterback is. Their defense is not great. They're Players opting out, transferring, uh, quitting. It's honestly like they're the ACC version of Mississippi State right now. Um, They're just not good. I I thought that Mike Norvell would be much better there when we talked about if Mike Norvell would be the head coach at Ole Miss. I think we were all like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I'm good with that. Like, we all wanted Lane Kiffin, but we were like, hey, if we got to settle for Mike Norvell, like, that's, that's really not too terrible. Um, but they're just not good. I think Clemson is just absolutely geeking right now to get back out there and play. Um, whether it's DJ Uyunglele, whether it's Trevor Lawrence, I don't think it's going to matter. Clemson's just going to put up a lot of crooked numbers in this game, and I'm laying the points. I think this one's going to get ugly. Yeah, I think Norvell is going to get Florida State turned around if they give him enough time, but that's not going to happen between now and Saturday. And Jim, I'm sorry, Dabo relishes beatdowns of Florida State. I mean, he remembers when Florida State was the, the bully on the block in that conference. Um, he does not hesitate to run it up. And you remember earlier this year when Clemson played Georgia Tech. You all remember that game? Remember the final? Mm-hmm. It was rumored that Dabo didn't like Georgia Tech's antics before game where Georgia Tech lifts weights and stuff, you know, on the field. And <laughs> Dabo wasn't a big fan of that. So they beat Tech 73 to 7. I, I, it's going to feel a lot like that. I, it, it, Clemson's getting into the 50s, if not low 60s. I don't think Florida State gets into the 20s. So I completely agree. It's hard to lay 35, but this is the perfect game to do it. And we have, did you even mention we, that Clemson gets Trevor Lawrence back? And that, like, I mean, he probably wants to knock some rust off. So I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to be throwing the ball late in the game. I mean, I think it's going to be ugly. I could not feel any better about laying 35 than I do with this. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I sure hope, man. I sure hope they'd be in my 55. All right, Austin, your turn. Last one. Yeah. So there are a couple options I'm uh, mulling over here. And I think I'm just going to – see the trap that awaits me and I'm just going to walk right into it because I'm stubborn. Um, give me the Iowa Hawkeyes minus, can I get under three? 
Let's see. Iowa. Who are they playing this week? Penn weekend? State. Oh, oh, yeah. You can get well under three. You can get two one. And a half. You can get two and a half. Yeah. Give me two and a half. With the Hawkeyes, let me lay the two and a half. They're just a better team. And again, we mentioned earlier in the pod, teams that are on the quit list. Penn State is on the quit list. They've got nothing to oh play for gosh. at this point. Nothing to play for. They're banged up. They're injured. They're having guys opt out. Their season's over. It's over. And Iowa is just starting to figure some things out. They did not look good in their opener, but have since won, I think, two in a row. They've get, they're getting some pieces back on offense. One of their best receivers will be back this week. Um, actually, I think came back last week. But um, So Iowa went on the road and beat down Minnesota last week. They're, they're going to put points on the board against Penn State. I, Penn State can't stop anybody and they can't score. Um, so that's, that's not a good recipe for success. Now, again, I'm saying all this and Penn State will find a way to scrap and claw and win the game. But I just think I've got the better team, um, the better roster at this point with more motivation. And I'm laying under a field goal. So it's an easy decision. Lay the two and a half. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm the last one. All right, tell me if this is weird. Cincinnati minus six at the bounce house. How are you feeling about this? That one's funky. I I consider locking in the Bearcats. So I, Cincinnati, I they're good. Uh, yeah, I mean Cincinnati has just been just a rolling down the street Brinks truck all year for people. I know I've locked them in a couple times. It's, oh, I really, here's what I'm going to do, just because I can't decide. Is UCF, look, they're 5-2, and two, but Dylan Gabriel's still there. Josh Heupel and that offense is still just as electric as can be. Gabriel's already thrown for 2,700 yards. He's thrown 23 touchdowns to just two picks. Um, I mean, Marlon Williams is probably, I think he's second in the nation in receiving yards behind Elijah Moore. Uh, they're averaging 619 total yards a game. Both of these clubs average well over 40 points a game. I'm going to take the over in this game. I'm seeing 63 and a half. Nick, are you seeing anything lower than that? In the, let's see. No, I'm seeing, yeah, I'm seeing 63 and a half. That's right. Okay, I'll take the over. I will say pretty cool on ESPN. They actually list uh, the stadium in Orlando as the bounce house now. Is that it's cool? Is that its official name now? No, it must be. I thought that was just. A- uh, they may have changed it this year. You you want sixty three and a half? You're taking the over. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe it's the bounce house. According to Wikipedia, oh yeah, it is. Formerly known as Bright House Network Stadium and Spectra, Spectrum Stadium, it is now officially the Bounce House. That's pretty lit. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of points. Um, and I don't know if this is like me sort of backing out against my Brinks truck Bearcats, but yeah, I like the over here. I, I like it. Yeah, like, like you said, Austin, it was kind of funky to see that. Um, but I know how good Heupel's offenses can be. And, yeah, I, I just feel like the offense is 
Desmond Ritter versus Dylan Gabriel is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of points. So yeah, with that offense, it's just you always feel like the back door is open too. So for me, it would be hard to lay anything over a possession because they're going to keep they're going to keep coming at you and they can take shots downfield and yeah, it would be you'd have to sweat that one out. I'm afraid. Yeah, because UCF's their their attack is never going to change no matter what the score is. Exactly. So, all right, feel good. Look, we, we were joking about how we didn't have any games picked, but I feel good about this slate. This is a much better much better board than last week's. Last week was a bad board. I say that, I guess, in in, in retrospect, we went three and seven. We set it going in, though. No, we set this it on is, the pod. Significantly yeah. better board. Yeah, we set but it on this, last week's pod. Yeah, but, the, I mean, look, there's some decent games. So we've got, I mean, shit, big noon. You're kicking off with top 10 Indiana versus top five Ohio State. You've got Clemson going against Florida State. So it's, you know, look, the games may not be good, but you've got top 10 teams going at it, whether it's a top 10 versus a top 10 or just a good team going against a, a bad team. But then, I mean, you've got number 10 Wisconsin, number nine or 19 Northwestern at 230. And then right after that, it leads right into Bedlam. Um, and there's. There's some decent cachet. I mean, you've got Boise, Hawaii at 10 to close the night out. Um, Simultaneously with that, you've got Southern Cal, Utah, which is a sneaky, interesting game. Wazoo, Stanford. Um, Yeah. Again, like we said before the season started, we're not going to complain. We're just going to watch. We're going to get through this whole pod without talking about the fact that Lane Kiffin and Matt Corral made Jimbo and company tuck in their class rings. Oh, that's such such a fucking bitch move. Just just 100% duck in the Rebels. No question. Ross Bjork was over there just shaking in his Lucchese's. <laughs> his, his maroon Lucchese's. Yeah. All their class rings. Yeah. What a bunch of babies. They don't want that smoke. Nobody does right now. No, State, it's State may dodge us in two weeks, right? Well, shit, at this rate, they're, they're going to have like 12 players. I don't know. I, 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 I just want just, – just give me the Egg Bowl and give me the Magnolia Bowl. That's all I want. I'll be pleased if we get either one of those games. I'm, at this point, I mean, the, both those teams are just dodging, ducking, diving. I mean, they're just getting out of the way. And who knows what the future holds. I mean, they may have five guys, uh, you know, opt out at halftime against Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. I mean, all jokes aside, like, it could happen. I mean, they nobody apparently wants to play for Mike Leach. And then who knows what the future holds for LSU. I mean, with what they've got going on off the field i mean good lord but yeah those two rivalry games are two very winnable games and you know lane kiffin wants those games bad you know if you opt out for non-covid reasons do you forego your scholarship that's a question that probably need i mean all you have to do is say it was covid related you know what i mean like those oh "Oh, it's covid Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, at this point, though. But look, if you're having those opt-outs and it's making you not, you know, it's, it's preventing you from playing games, they should be forfeits. It shouldn't be some, like, you know, COVID rescheduling, whatever. You should have to forfeit the game. 
That's right. And and also on 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 that note, just just push it back. We have plenty of time. I don't know. There's no like hard stop. Like you don't you don't have to play the college football playoff on this date. It's not like people are not going to watch it if it's not on this weekend. Like it, yeah, well, I mean, they, they had the rules set in preseason, and the rule was, you know, 53 or 55 players, and the only position group mentioned was quarterback and the two lines. And here we here we sit, and Texas Stadium has had no problems except for what I, what I believe in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Why you can't play with a depleted secondary, I don't know. But because they're Texas A&M – and because technically, if they if they run the table, I mean, they could possibly backdoor into the four seed. Right. The SEC is not going to risk them going out and losing to an Ole Miss team because they were depleted in the secondary. But I, like I said, I, I said this this earlier today. I can assure you that if Ole Miss had problems in the secondary and Texas A and M needed to play, we'd be on we'd begin on a plane to fly. Oh, absolutely. And Elijah Moore was going to wash that secondary no matter who was playing. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of looking washed, uh, DK is just uh, collecting souls on Thursday night football right now. So, um, but that's going to do it for week twelve of the legal gambling council. Like I said before, we started tough week in week eleven, but still in the black, looking to bounce back in a big way this week. We've got Oregon minus thirteen and a half, Clemson minus thirty four and a half, UCF. Cincy over 63.5, Georgia minus 24, Arkansas plus 2.5, BYU minus 47.5, Kentucky Bama under 58.5, Ohio State minus 19.5, Wisconsin minus 7, Oklahoma minus 7, Liberty NC State over 66.5, Iowa minus 2.5. So for Austin, for Ben, for Nick, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank you all for listening. We out.